0: it's time for atomic monsoon with your hosts psycho andy and the internet went (gasps) Uh, josh that opens up a lot of possibilities in the future (laughs) (laughs) it's got me excited here and jedi stephanie
1: they get like a staff and they try to bring him back with it and they only bring back his lower half
0: and now it's atomic monsoon You know, Steph, I joked last week that uh, it was monsoon season because we put out the two episodes in a row. hmm And uh, then this week we got a couple of actual storms.
1: Oh, yeah, no, the, the, the monsoon that happened yesterday actually knocked our power out.
0: <laughs> wow, you guys too. Yeah. Okay, okay. I don't think my power went out because everything was on when I woke up and none of my clocks got reset. But uh, some of my friends definitely lost power overnight.
1: Well, at least we had some monsoons this week, and now you have another one right now called Atomic Monsoon.
0: <laughs> That's absolutely true. Yep. <laughs> hey, welcome to Atomic Monsoon, everybody, uh, your maelstrom of pop culture discussion. Uh, I want to say thanks to our friends at Def M Records, and uh, I tried something new with our intro this week, and I hope you guys like it. Hey, so Steph, something new came out on Netflix in the last couple of weeks, and it's something that I was very excited about, and uh, I wanted to get your take on it. Well, I know it's not The Legend of Korra, which did come out this past couple of weeks on Netflix, so
1: I'm going to take a guess. It probably has something to do with Transformers.
0: Oh, well, that certainly does sound like me, doesn't it?
1: uh yeah
0: (laughs) yes yes the transformers colon war for cybertron trilogy colon siege chapter one (laughs) because we can't just have short titles for anything anymore uh yeah yeah that dropped on netflix about two weeks ago today and so i wanted to give our audience some time to to have watched it it's six episodes long and we're going to talk about this, about that this week. And we are going to spoil a lot of things. So if you have not watched it, there's only six half hour episodes. You can go be done with it in an afternoon. It's actually shorter than the third Lord of the Rings movie. If you watch all of them in one sitting. Hmm. I didn't <laughs> think about that. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is an interesting thing. Uh, Hasbro has decided that they're going to split up their toy lines into trilogies. And they just completed one of them a couple years ago. Uh, And then they did Cyberverse as kind of a a little thing. And now so War for Cybertron is this new trilogy that they're doing. And Siege is the first chapter of that. The second chapter will be called Earthrise. And if you are amongst the people brave enough to go out to stores to buy Transformer toys right now, then you've seen some of the Earthrise toys out there. And the uh, the 2021 toy line will be called Kingdom. But the Siege is the, the kickoff to that. And the animated series came out uh, in July of 2020. And um, here we go. So this was produced by Rooster Teeth Studios. This is actually the first thing by Rooster Teeth Studios, which is a division of Rooster Teeth, which is a hmm. Time Warner company. Uh, which is an AT&T company. But Rooster Teeth is probably best known for their Red vs. Blue series that they came up with as well 17 as seasons ago. And Ruby, yes, yes. And then uh, Genlock is their other current project. Genlock is so good. Sorry, I have to <laughs> no, cut up, but it's so good. <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, this was animated by Polygon Pictures, who also animated some things you may have heard of, like Transformers Prime or Tron Uprising, or uh, the CGI sequences of Ghost in the Shell Innocence. Mm. They also animated several episodes of the Clone Wars series.
1: I knew it! <laughs> <laughs> I looked at that animation, I studied it so hard, and I'm like, I smell Clone Wars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they've, they've done quite a bit of, of good stuff. It was directed by Tazuma Shimizu Koji. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Mm-hmm. And the music was by Alexander Bornstein, who did the all of the scoring for this. Nice. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So this is the first, this might be the first, like, mature Transformers series. Mature might be a bit of a misnomer. Like, it's not, you know, porny or anything. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the first one that's not obviously directed at kids. Yeah it's it's pretty dark so yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so here's the thing Steph. i i have a bunch of notes i took five pages of notes and we've gone through about a quarter of a page with just the who who made this and everything oh, so wow. but i know everything about transformers especially the the generation one era stuff that this is loosely based on and you don't nope. <laughs> <laughs> so first i want to ask what what transformer stuff have you seen
1: Well, okay. so the Transformers stuff I have seen, Andy, is sadly the Transformers that you actually don't like.
0: Now, there's more than one iteration of Transformers I don't like. So the Michael Bay movies. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
1: No, so I saw. um, So oddly enough, I knew what Transformers was before the Michael Bay films. I don't know how. I just did. Uh, I'm assuming because of other kids playing with it and everything and seeing the
0: T-shirts and whatnot. Yeah, it's Um, a big enough part of pop culture that it's kind of hard to escape in America Uh, this century so yeah
1: yeah and I may have seen like a couple of like some cartoon version or whatever that played on TV at one point but the ones I do recall is actually going to see the Transformers films I saw the first one the second one the third one and the fourth one all in theaters and it wasn't actually until a couple weeks ago that I actually saw the fifth one for the first time (laughs) okay and uh, I will admit I do like the first three with Shia LaBeouf and everything But I have seen also the Transformers animated series that came out in, like, the mid to late 2000s. Oh, yeah,
0: the the 2007 cartoon that's literally called Transformers animated. Yes, that one. Okay, yeah, that one's actually really good.
1: Yeah, no, I actually enjoyed that. Um, And then I've also seen Bumblebee, so. And I love Bumblebee.
0: (laughs) Yes, yeah, that movie was was surprisingly good, especially after... How disappointing, uh, you know? And I I know I've talked about this on the show before. I've only ever seen that first live-action Michael Bay movie, yeah, uh, and I was so disappointed by it that I didn't see the others. Yeah. So okay, so you you have limited Transformers knowledge, very limited. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, so first of all, how did you like this?
1: So right out the gate, I will say after watching episode one, because I knew I was like, okay, I have to watch all six episodes for Atomic Monsoon. I knew that much. But after watching episode one, I was like, "Okay." I noticed three things immediately right off the gate. Number one was the animation, which reminded me of because I've seen photos from you, Andy, of what the old Transformers cartoon used to look like.
0: Right. It reminded
1: me a little bit of that style. And then obviously there was just the way they were texturized and shadowed and everything that made me like it screamed Clone Wars at me Mm -hmm. because I've I've watched that show so much. Obviously, we did a whole episode on it. I have watched that show so much that I you know, I saw the similarities in the animation. So that was one of the things I noticed right off the gate. Another thing I noticed right off the gate was, I don't know, like, there was something about just the way things were happening in the first episode that really intrigued me of, like, okay, I know I've never seen the original Transformers, but I don't think it was ever, like, this
0: dark. No, no, definitely and, not.
1: <laughs> uh, and then the third thing I noticed was, uh, that's Bumblebee, and uh, he's talking.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Something weird happened in about two thousand seven where they decided Bumblebee was just gonna be mute. And that happened in a lot of Transformers media for some mm-hmm. reason. You know, a cool twist for the movie, right? Like, all right, it's something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm I'm you know, like, regardless of how I feel about that movie, I think that there are some good parts in it, and I do appreciate them trying something different. Yeah. So making Bumblebee mute is an interesting idea. Not mm-hmm. one I would have gone with, but it's an interesting idea. And in this one, right off, the opening scene in this has Bumblebee and a character called Wheeljack. And Bumblebee and Wheeljack being hunted down by Decepticon jets or Seekers, as they're called, is actually also the first scene of the first episode of the 1984 cartoon. Huh, interesting. Yeah. There are a lot of callbacks to moments and episodes of the original series throughout this, as well as comics and movies. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be mentioning some of them as we go through this. But honestly, if I did just describing all the callbacks, it would be longer than any of our other episodes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. Yeah. So, so there's, there's a lot of stuff here. All right. All right. So let's try something different and let's have you describe this.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: and if listen, as we've established, right, we've, we've had plenty of episodes where I've talked about my love. Where I did a whole Transformers month mm-hmm. last year. Right. And 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 had a lot of fun guests on. And so if you go back and listen to the October 2019 episodes, there's, you know, four or five episodes in a row that are all Transformers. Stephanie, as we just established, has very little Transformers knowledge. So let's not be mad at Stephanie if she gets something wrong, (laughs) because unlike me, she hasn't been watching for 36 years. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm also not that old either. (laughs) Right.
0: Right. Let's see what a Transformers newbie thinks happened in this show.
1: All right. So, uh, as you said, the, the series starts off with Bumblebee and Wheeljack. They're looking for Energon mm-hmm. in like, what looks like some type of old like scrapyard somewhere in Decepticon territory on Cybertron. Mm-hmm. And while they're looking, they stumble upon a sky bridge. Yes. That's what it's called? Okay. A sky uh, bridge. S-
0: space bridge. But yeah. Space bridge.
1: Um, They stumble across a space bridge that looks like if it was tinkered on a little bit, it could get back into working order. And then the Seekers show up, led by Jetfire and Starscream. Yes. And they pretty much chase them out of there and to the point where they actually end up being not only captured, but caught by the Seekers. And Megatron shows up.
0: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And... This this was an interesting moment though, I will have to say. But uh Megatron shows up. He pretty much just says like, "Look, you're an Autobot. I don't like you to wheeljack and everything. Mm-hmm. But at least you wear your side's emblem with pride. Meanwhile, this guy over here, you know, Bumblebee that is, uh you're just pick a side, man, you know." <laughs> and, and like that like that's kind of the that's the rough story that's the long story rough version.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Of what he actually says. What he actually says it's like, I think a lot better. <laughs> for
0: sure. For sure. I, um, I, I'm not going to expect you to me- have memorized every line of dialogue.
1: No. No. But, well, anyway, so while they're, uh, while they're being captured, uh, Megatron says, all right, go ahead and execute them. And then Optimus shows up. Mm-hmm. And Optimus faces off against Megatron verbally and then actually physically. And right when Megatron is about to deal a deadly blow... Alita? Uh,
0: Yeah, Alita 1.
1: Alita 1 snipes him from far away, saves Optimus and Bumblebee and Wheeljack, and they make their escape back to the Autobot home base. And as they're heading back, uh, Wheeljack's trying to tell Optimus what he found Mm -hmm. and what they found, but Optimus is like, wait till we get out of Decepticon territory. Wait till we get out of Decepticon territory. Alita is asking, you know, about Bumblebee. And this is where I have to comment something where I realize this is not a good show, is when Wheeljack sure. made the comment that Bumblebee is a pain in the ass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I sat there yeah. and I'm like, I'm sorry, did you just cuss? <laughs> yeah. That caught me off guard. I was not expecting anyone in the Transformers cartoon to say ass ever. And, no, uh, I wasn't expecting it, it either. <laughs> yeah, there it was.
1: <laughs> there it was. And they pretty much go back to home base. Uh, they see the other Autobots. They tell them that they found some remnants of Energon and everything. I think they mentioned the space bridge there at that moment. If not, then they mention it at some point later on when it's actually important. And Bubblebee pretty much kind of takes his payment and leaves. After that, this is where I'm going to be a little hazy here. Sure. Um, because I was watching this in my car at Discount Tire, trying to get my tires replaced. Uh, <laughs> All right. Um Megatron gives this rousing speech to all of the Decepticons that the Autobots have pretty much, you know, that Optimus and Ultra Magnus have kind of gone too far and everything and that the Autobots aren't good and everything like that. It's a, it's a hate speech. I believe this is when Ultra Magnus shows up, surrenders himself to Megatron.
0: Okay, yeah, so let's stop there cuz that's okay. that's going to be the beginning of episode 2. So That was actually a really good summary of episode one. Good job. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I want to make a couple of notes here. I'm going to guess you know what Energon is, right?
1: Yeah, it's like their power source.
0: Right. Okay, cool, cool. Did you understand what a space bridge was in that first episode?
1: Actually, I did.
0: Did you? Okay. Yes. Okay.
1: Uh, I particularly blame that on the fact that I've watched Stargate, and I've also watched a couple of other movies where they had a similar device Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that would send people, not maybe not into space, but like other dimensions or things like that. Mm-hmm. So I've seen the same shape before, so the moment they said Space Bridge, I'm like, okay, I know exactly what that does.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. The reason I ask is because watching this, I felt like there was a lot of, we're just going to assume you know what this stuff is. Yeah. Right? Like, they never explain what Energon is or what it's for. They mm-hmm. never really explain the Space Bridge. They just kind of mention quickly, like, you know, Wheeljack says like, hey, you ever take one of these off planet before? Mm-hmm. And like, okay, you can kind of figure out that it's a portal to another world through through context, but they never like say what it is. Yeah. Something real quick that I wanted to mention is Jetfire is a Decepticon at the beginning of this when historically he's always been an Autobot. Mm. In the original cartoon, we find out that Jetfire and Starscream were friends. They were scientists together. And then Jetfire, who was called Skyfire for legal reasons in the original cartoon, Um, that's a whole other thing. We're not going to get into that here. Um, but Jetfire and Starscream were friends. They worked together for some reason. He ended up leaving Cybertron and getting lost. And then the war happened and Starscream joined the Decepticons in its So this is all detailed in the episode fire in the sky, which is like episode eight or nine of the original cartoon. Mm -hmm. Uh, they find Skyfire, Jetfire on earth. He joins with Starscream because they were friends before the war. And that's the last thing that he remembers. Mm-hmm. And as the episode progresses, he's like, oh, I don't agree with the Decepticon cause at all. And he joins the Autobots. OK, so it's it for me, it was interesting to see Jetfire being a Decepticon like immediately and the leader of the Seekers. It was like, oh, OK, OK, cool. Something else I wanted to mention real quick is that all of the character models in this, I found out, are actually based on Hasbro's CAD designs. So they're literally the 3D CGI models that Hasbro used to produce the toys for this series. That's awesome. So. When you're watching this, you know, the te- they've, they've been they've been given some, given some extra texture mapping by Polygon Pictures and stuff to give everything kind of that brushed steel look and all the scrapes and grime and stuff on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone except for, I think, Bumblebee, Elita One, and RC are literally the CGI models for the toys.
1: Nice. Um,
0: uh, it was kind of cool because I have a couple of the Siege toys and it was cool to see like, oh, oh, like right down to like the peg holes in their nice. arms and stuff to attach weapons are like in this show which I really appreciated. Yeah. So, okay. And then, you know, obviously Optimus Prime is the leader of the Autobots, who are the good guys. Megatron's leader of the Decepticons, who are the bad guys. They're yeah. on the planet Cybertron, right? Like kind of basic Transformer stuff, but we're, we might have some listeners that don't know some of these things. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention is that, so all the original toys on the back had a little, like a little profile and uh, each one had a motto, like, like their personal motto mm-hmm. and Optimus's motto was freedom is the right of all sentient beings yeah uh which wheeljack uh, repeats in this and then megatron's motto is peace through tyranny and i really appreciate how much this show in specific kind of like those mottos are kind of the driving force for both of those characters yeah okay so the second episode yeah, as you said, it starts with, with Ultra Magnus uh, taking off a, a hood. Like a, He's wearing a big cloak. that show, uh, He shows up at the Decepticon gate to uh, talk with Megatron. And I don't understand how nobody recognized Ultra Magnus in that cloak because literally nobody else looks like him. But
1: I think it took me a moment just because I, like, I met Ultra Magnus like, a couple scenes before. Right. And I hadn't had the chance to completely take in that was what he looked like. So when he did come with the cloak, I was like, who is that? And it took me a moment. And then I thought, wait, is that that other guy? <laughs> who was talking to Optimus and I couldn't forget, I was forgetting his name for a moment. And then when he took the hood off, I'm like, oh yeah, it is.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it worked on you. I, I just feel like it's weird that like the leader of Autobot, like the, like they're, they're basically second in command. Yeah. Like how did Megatron not recognize him right away? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So episode two, Steph, what happened in episode two?
1: Um, so episode two, ultra Magnus surrenders. Megatron takes him in. he, just trying to figure out why did you surrender? And the Autobots are like, wait, what? He surrendered? Why? And um, while he surrendered and everything, this is where I'm going to blank on a few details, but sure, while in captivity through the Decepticons, it led me to believe that he was actually going to, like they were going to actually surrender, sign a treaty to like completely end this whole war type of thing. But then one of the Decepticons, I believe it was either Shockwave or Soundwave, one of the two, walks up and says, hey, we found something, and they tell him that they found the AllSpark.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And, and that leads Megatron to go on a whole thing of how he wants to use the AllSpark to pretty much create a code that would result in wiping out anyone with the Autobot symbol. And Ultramagnus sends that back to the others. The others are like, uh, what? So they thought, okay, we need to find this before Megatron does but the Megatron finds out that Ultramagnus sent the message, so he sends another message that sends the Autobots into a trap, and then they manage to survive the trap. I know that much, um, but it does result in the loss of Pure Energon, mm-hmm. as well as I don't know his name, another Autobot or Decepticon, or what do you call <laughs> them when they're not
0: either side? There's a few terms for that. But the character that, that died in this was... Or, or seemingly died was Impactor. Um, okay. Who... It, it's funny that you were confused about what to call him. Because Impactor historically has been both an Autobot and a Decepticon. Depending on Transformers continuity. Um, I
1: just know he come. I knew Impactor came back later. I was just having the brain fart. Is this the same one that Ratchet saves?
0: Yes. Later. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was where I was confused. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So... And that's that's mostly episode two
1: <laughs> yeah no like like i said this is at the point where i'm sitting in my car at discount Tire because the way they're doing things and everything right now and i was just watching on my phone but i was also like looking up every now and then to go like okay are you coming to tell me you're gonna take my car now
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so no that's that's fine so there's, a, there's lot. a lot there's a lot to unpack here one thing i wanted to i wanted to actually bring at the beginning transformers continuity is super confusing mm-hmm. um every iteration of transformers is 100 percent its own thing and unrelated to every other iteration of transformers except mm-hmm. when that's not true so <laughs> transformers might be the most rebooted thing because really every incarnation of transformers is its own continuity mess um all the way back to the original thing, right? Like, yeah. if, you read, if you read the original Marvel comics, if you watch the original cartoon, and even if you read all the profiles on the original toys, they all tell different stories. Hmm. So even in 1984, there were at least three distinct Transformers continuities. As time has gone on, every new iteration of Transformers adds something to the lore that any future versions of Transformers will pick mm-hmm. up and add to it. So, for example, the AllSpark, that debuted in the 2007 Michael Bay movie. I think didn't exist before 2007. But so the AllSpark didn't? The AllSpark did not exist before 2007. Huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now, now, it's like one of the most important artifacts in Transformers. Yeah. It didn't look like a 20-sided die until Transformers Cyberverse, like a year and a half ago. Wow. It was just this thing. It was just this like in the movie, I think it was a like a cube shape. uh, Mm -hmm. And then there was something else inside of it. But like, yeah, it didn't have a a distinct look until maybe 2018, maybe 2019. I don't Mm -hmm. remember exactly what episode we first see it. Mm -hmm. Um, But now now it looks like a D20. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the second second or third iteration of Transformers where we see it in that shape. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Kind of in every version, Elita One and Optimus are probably romantically involved in some way. I was going to
1: say something, but. (laughs) Yeah,
0: except that's not true in all of the ones where Elita One doesn't exist. (laughs) Just most of them. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And then Impactor, Impactor comes from the original Marvel comics, but specifically the UK exclusive comics. He wasn't a character in America who's made up for the British version of the original Marvel Transformers comics hmm. and has been re imported into American versions of Transformers. And I think, I think this is the first time he's shown up in a cartoon. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. Transformers is weird.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, that's enough. That's enough babble for me. What happened in episode three, Stephanie?
1: So episode three, uh, we meet ratchet And he helps Impactor kind of come back to life. And then Optimus comes to Ratchet and is like, please, you know, join our cause, help us out, everything. And he's like, look, I'm going to do this. I'm going to join only because I want to help the people of Cybertron. I'm not joining because I want to be an Autobot. Mm -hmm. And Optimus is like, that's fine. And Ultra Magnus gets tortured, if I recall correctly, by Megatron and the Decepticons and everything for information. I think regarding primarily the AllSpark,:
0: so they're they're torturing Ultramagnus to find out where the autobots are.:
1: Oh, that's right yes. they're, tor- yeah. they're torturing him for like their lo- for the location, but he won't he won't give the location until he does, but it's not the actual location. It's the it's the Tryon location. It's the um, yeah, the
0: Alpha Tryon Memorial.
1: The Alpha Tryon Memorial is where he goes, and they immediately realize, wait, there's no one here. You, you brought us to a lie, and they end up killing him in pretty much cold blood, mm-hmm. or cold oil. <laughs> <laughs> and after they kill him, that results in Jetfire having his change of heart. mm mm-hmm. Or change of spark, I guess. Um, <laughs>
0: nice.
1: Hey, I caught on to that uh, yeah. real quick. And it also results in this transfer of data and information to Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like this prophecy moment of where the Alpha Tryon information just transfers to Bumblebee while Bumblebee finishes with another job, and uh, now Bumblebee knows not only the location of the Allspark but now he knows all this information that Ultra Magnus knew.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that was the third episode, right? <laughs> uh, that was kind of three and four. Okay. Um, not like a... a lot. Yeah, like not a lot happens in either episode. Uh, yeah. It's it's a lot of exposition in both of those. So Yeah. Yeah, you did leave out the moment where it's sort of the first time that Jetfire starts questioning the Decepticon motivation. And it's where yeah. Magnus is in prison and Megatron and, and Jetfire are walking away and Ultra Magnus like breaks free and goes to shoot Megatron in the back, but won't pull the trigger because he has too much honor. Right. Right. Um yeah, that,
1: that that's one of the few moments that I uh spaced on. So Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah, so I, I wrote in my notes here, like, while I appreciate Ultra Magnus's principles, uh, that he won't shoot Megatron in the back, he's also kind of an idiot for that. Yeah. Like, when you have Robot Hitler in your sights, just pull the damn trigger, man. Yeah. Like, more people went through pain and suffering because Ultra Magnus wouldn't shoot Megatron in the back. And it's like, dude, I, I get it. Like, I understand that you don't want to be a total, like, jerk and, and kill someone from behind, but, like, when it's the opposing army's leader... Hmm. I, um, I don't know. I kind of, yeah. I kind of feel like you just, you just end it. You end the war.
1: Yeah. Oh, wait. I do remember that part because he, because he makes the comment, you could have ended the war. Yeah. Right there. I do remember that part. Okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. And then he turns to Jetfire and he says, you know, let this be a lesson. Always take the shot. And you see Jetfire react yep. and and like squint his eyes. And it's like, oh, that's dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the other thing that happens in this episode, in, in those episodes, is Skywarp and Jetfire find the Autobot base, and Skywarp is one is the black and purple seeker. Yeah. Um, and Jetfire says, "Yeah, we're not going to come in here and just slaughter all of them." And Jetfire's is like, "Why not?" And 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 Jetfire shoots Skywarp in the back. He does take the shot. Mm-hmm. Skywarp is one of my like visually he's one of my favorite transformers like i really like the black and purple and white color scheme that he goes with uh or that that he comes in or however you want to phrase that but typically he's portrayed as not being very intelligent mm-hmm. and he kind of just blindly follows whoever his commander is like in the moment so usually it's going to be starscream or megatron yeah um he is blindly loyal to the decepticon cause and just the murder of all of the autobots yeah um Now, Skywarp typically isn't very well developed as a character either. Um, A lot of what I just said is kind of things you kind of have to infer over 30 Mm -hmm. something years of of Transformers knowledge. Um, But he is one of the original 84 Transformers and he is one of the more noteworthy Seekers. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really weird that they kill him (laughs)
1: like
0: early on in this three chapter series. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Anyways, I just I, I, I thought that was that was very strange. Yeah. Um, I also noted that the Alpha Trion protocols—the thing that go into Bumblebee's head—is new. Like, this is one of the new concepts that's introduced, and I wonder—I'm curious to see if this is going to be a thing that we see in future iterations of Transformers, like whatever comes after the War for Cybertron trilogy. Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, and then episode five, uh, or or I guess maybe it was the end of episode four. Um, Shockwave mentions to Megatron that he says, you know, he has a virus that will track the uh, whatever, whatever the signal is that escaped Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. Um, and Megatron agrees to let Shockwave go do his thing, which you can see is very much against what Megatron wants to do. Yeah. But you can also see that this is Megatron becoming more and more desperate to end the war, to, to yeah. just finish the Autobots. Yeah. And uh, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So let's keep going. What happens next?
1: So before I actually go on real quick, uh, yeah. oddly enough, that that moment with Shockwave and, and um, Megatron when he says that uh, that's the moment where I started to question the voice actor, not the sense of like, why would you say that thing like thing, like go like, wait, I know that voice. Who is that? And I looked it up, oddly enough, uh, the voice of Red Alert and Shockwave. Uh, is actually one of my favorite anime voice actors. By the way, there's a lot of anime voice actors in this. Oh, yeah. Um, but one of my favorite anime voice actors for English dub, and his name is Todd Haberkorn, uh, he voices Natsu, in Fairy Tale. Okay. As well as a few other characters from other shows that I've watched. So when I heard his voice, I was like, nah. Nah. And then I looked at him like, yeah. <laughs> so had one of those awesome moments. So yeah, episode five, um, Jetfire, Optimus, and a few others decide to go and get the uh, the Allspark from the sea- the Sea
0: of Rust. Yeah, yeah, and the Sea of Rust is a deep cut. That thing first debuts in convention exclusive comics. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's become more and more of a, a a general location on Cybertron, but yeah, it's uh it's it's pretty out there.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they go they go to retrieve the Allspark from the Sea of Rust. And while they're doing that, Bumblebee. I know one of them was RC. I think the other one was
0: Cog. Cog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cog got his second toy ever in the Siege toy line. He was originally made up of the accessories of one of the City Bot Transformers. Mm-hmm. So he, he had a toy in like 1987, and then didn't get another one until 2019. Uh, All right. <laughs> but he is what's called a weaponizer. And basically, he doesn't turn into a vehicle or anything. He he just opens up and turns into a bunch of weapons. Nice.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So they the three of them go and steal inner to go steal energon from, what looks like a bot mob boss, <laughs> yeah. type. And while they're doing that, uh, Wheeljack is trying to prepare the arc to fly. Yeah. And then there's another group that I know is going to fit. I know it's Impactor and Ratchet and a few others that are going to fix the space gate. So it's like, there's four things happening at once. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all to prepare for the Autobots to yeet out of there and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Try to avoid Megatron's like, try to get the all spark away from Megatron and then try to avoid Mag- Megatron's mass genocide that he's trying to commit. Yeah. So
0: I think that's I wanna, pretty much oh, episode five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I want to make some atomic monsoon continuity here. Okay. Um, Sound Blaster, who is the the mob boss guy you mentioned. Yeah, Um, he is a black repaint of Soundwave, and they mention in here that he is a failed clone of Shockwaves to clone Soundwave. Yes, it's terribly confusing that there are Decepticons named Soundwave and Shockwave, and they are both always in everything. Yep. Sound Blaster is the black version of Soundwave. He debuted in 87 in Japan as part of the Headmaster series where (laughs) so the headmaster series was exclusive to japan but there was a company in oh the southeast asia um i want to say taiwan or indonesia uh they had a uh there's a television company there called star tv that dubbed all the headmaster stuff into english using none of the original voices um, a bunch of people who didn't speak english great and translated a bunch of stuff incorrectly so in that series Soundwave gets destroyed and rebuilt as sound blaster
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In the Star TV dubs, he gets, Soundwave gets destroyed and gets rebuilt as New Soundwave. And I love that. Uh-huh. Um, however, Soundblaster in this is not a rebuild of Soundwave. He's a clone, as we established. And the way that ties into Atomic Monsoon is when we had Drew Nolasco on to talk about the Transformers trading card game. It was either episode 44 or 47. I looked up which episodes it might have been. I didn't have time to listen all the way through for every bit of minutiae. But he mentioned that in the Transformers trading card game that they were adding the third mercenary faction that got to debut in the card game and would later be a part of more Transformers. Sound Blaster's emblem on his chest is that mercenary faction symbol. No way. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So... So that was a lot of information to describe a sticker on someone's chest. But yep. just because, because it was like, hey, this is the thing we talked about on a previous episode off Atomic Monsoon, I thought it was worth mentioning. Also, yeah. they when the Decepticons out that they find where the Ark is, they mm-hmm. mentioned that it's in Sector 7. Mm-hmm. Um, Sector 7 was also the name of the human military group in the Michael yep. Bay movies.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, I So I'm going to say something really funny about that. So the Sector Please. 7 thing in the Michael Bay movies... The actor who plays the kind of leader of the Sector 7 group, he is in every single Transformers film. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that because now that I've seen all five, I'm like, oh, there he is. Uh, (laughs) And every time I forget his actual name, but I always refer to him as the Sector 7 guy. Nice. (laughs) Uh, And what's also interesting is that, so I actually have gone and ridden the Transformers ride at Universal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is, it, it does have the stylings based off of the movie. um it does actually take you through sector seven and nest and everything like that and it's actually kind of really cool especially because you get to see chunk of the all spark and other things like that up close and it's actually kind of really neat oh so that's pretty cool yeah yeah Yeah.
0: oh oh i did want to mention did you (laughs) did you get confused by moon racer and chromia being in two places at two different times because they're the same model Mm -hmm. um Uh, There was a lot of reuse of models in this, which is consistent with Transformers historically, but there was a lot of it in this. But Chromia and Moonracer, their toys are the same toy, but Moonracer's is blue and Chromia's is kind of aqua. Yeah. (laughs) And then they got put in scenes where the lighting affected them, so they were almost indistinguishable, except for Moonracer apparently has an Australian accent now.
1: Yeah, Uh, I, I personally i that's like i couldn't tell the difference my thing was like i couldn't tell the difference in the sense of like the way they looked but it was more right. of i didn't remember who was which right because i heard them being referenced by their name once right and then never and then like never again after that and i think after one of them died in that like zombie pit in the sea of rust mm-hmm.
0: yeah that um, was moon racer yeah
1: yeah after she died then i was like okay, that was Moonracer, so you're the other one. Got it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. One one thing that I, I was a little disappointed in this is that not every character, like most of the character names get called out, but mm-hmm. some of them, yeah, like Moonracer gets, her name gets said twice. Yeah. And it's in two separate episodes. So it's yeah. like, uh, how are we supposed to remember this character? It's <laughs> separate from the other one when she looks identical. But yep. yeah, it's fine. So oh. Uh, Uh, so yeah episode episode six picks up while they're fighting the the sparkless zombie bots
1: yes pretty much optimus manages to so while they're fighting them optimus manages to get his hands on the all spark Mm -hmm. which goes from a glowing ball of light to then the d20 dice (laughs) that we mentioned before (laughs) yeah he then stores it in his
0: mysterious area of holding uh Uh (laughs) Yeah, yeah i see him hold it and then i don't see him hold it um so that inconsistency is consistent among Transformers. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes Got things it. just disappear.
1: Got it. So then they make the race to back to the Ark, but then they get a transmission that the Ark has been discovered mm-hmm. by Megatron. Um, so Jetfire and Prowl, Prowl head to help the Ark make their escape and help them take care of the Transformer, or take care of the Decepticons. Yeah. well optimus and
0: what was the yeah. other one's name was it hound
1: yeah i the, think so the yeah yeah it, it was either that or um iron that was an iron side <laughs> it was uh, probably hound
0: no iron um, head was out was on the air. here's the thing there were 32 characters in six episodes yeah there were 32 distinct characters in six episodes yeah like i yeah it's fine if you got a couple of them confused
1: <laughs> yep and don't remember all the names but Optimus and his team and his part of the team head to the Space Bridge mm-hmm. to meet with that team because they pretty much have it ready to go and they're just waiting on the Ark and everything, but they're also dealing with Starscream and the Seekers mm-hmm. who are causing problems. And it pretty much is just kind of like one giant like battle sequence of where there's fighting <laughs> at the Ark, there's fighting at the Space Bridge. Yes.
0: Yeah, two fighting of, my at notes, the arc- two huh? of my notes for episode six are fighting, fight, fight, fight. And then a couple notes later,
1: more fighting! Yep.
0: So, yeah. Episode yeah. 6 has a lot of fight scenes.
1: Oh, yeah. But once Megatron discovers Optimus is at the Space Bridge, he takes off for there. Mm-hmm. That allows them to... Allows, that allows the Ark to escape with the new yep. Energon that they got from Bumblebee and his crew.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, Bumblebee seems to have now lost all the information that he got with the Alpha Trion protocol. Yes. Because of that, uh, because that of the huge... Because yeah. Yeah the virus virus.
0: shockwave yeah Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so now he's lost that information but i feel like that's not that's gonna be a thing that's gonna be addressed more later
0: don't know alpha triumph particles are brand new to this i don't know what they mean
1: oh yeah (laughs) so then from there they the arc heads to the space bridge there's kind of like this final battle sequence that happens at the space bridge optimus bumblebee pretty much majority of the main characters except for red alert elita one other Autobot, and Jetfire. Yeah, um,
0: Chromia was the other Autobot.
1: Chromia, okay. Yeah. Uh, and Jetfire, they, they, those four remain behind, but everyone else gets aboard the Ark and goes through the opening for the space bridge. And they, it is led to believe that they perished going through the space bridge because the space bridge collapsed on itself after right. they went through. Um, they believe that they got crushed by the collapsing of the space bridge. And that's pretty much where it ends with, like, the remaining four kind of being like, yo, we're going to stay here and, you know, continue to defend Cybertron and take down Megatron with what we have left. Everyone else we know and love is up there and potentially dead. Uh, And then we get this brief clip of, like, what looks like the Ark floating in space, potentially, and a warning or an alert kind of going off on on the monitor. So... I am just going to take the wild shot in the dark that that meant that the ship made it through and they're sitting somewhere in space, but they've lost all power and they're just kind of floating. So that's
0: probably a safe bet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: If they're going to do a trilogy of this, it wouldn't make sense to kill off Optimus and Bumblebee <laughs> after episode six.
0: No, especially since there's a new Optimus toy for the Earthrise toy line. Yep. Yeah. Um, also, the Wheeljack toy comes out in the Earthrise toy line. He's not in the Siege toy line. So yeah, yeah one of one of the, the upsides and downsides of this is that like, because the, some of the t- the toys for the next set have already come out. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, all right. I kind of know that these characters are probably going to survive. Yeah. But <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah, a couple, couple of interesting things that happened during the, the fight scene that are throwbacks to other transformers things. Um, at one point, Astro Train, who is a Decepticon that turns into both a, s- a space shuttle and a locomotive Astro mm-hmm. Train. He shows up and like kind of walks around in the battlefield, but doesn't say or do anything. Mm-hmm. Like he's just there because he was a toy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, well, let's put him in.
1: I, f- I forgot to mention the Guardians and the fact that they showed up and helped.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the Guardians are interesting. Omega Supreme is the Guardian that shows up. Mm hmm. He was in the original toy line. And as time has gone on, it's it, someone decided to fill in a backstory where there's more than one guardian like Omega Supreme. Mm-hmm. Um, we've only ever seen one other one. And rather than being colored red and yellow, it was colored white and blue or mm-hmm. white and purple, depending on the coloring. The guardians are kind of a weird mystery to me. Like they're they're kind of one of my weird blind spots because they only show up in the very like most obscure places of Transformers dim. Okay. Uh, uh, but having Omega Supreme show up in this is cool because Omega Supreme got a $150 toy because it's huge. It's like two feet tall.
1: Wow. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So having him show up for that last battle scene was super neat. And then uh, Optimus and Megatron fight each other during that last fight scene over possession of the Allspark. Mm-hmm. And I noted that I really appreciated that they didn't turn it into... so. Optimus Megatron fight a lot, obviously, but Mm -hmm. one of their more famous battle scenes throughout all of Transformers history is from the original 86 animated movie. And there are some lines in that movie that get repeated every time they interact with each other. You Mm -hmm. know, the the one shall stand, one shall fall. I'll rip out your optics, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And I really appreciated that they didn't do that in this and they let it be a new fight scene between the two characters. Hmm. And then the last note that I have, that I'm going to get into because <laughs> I still have several pages more when everyone thinks the arc gets destroyed as it goes through the space bridge, that's actually called back to the 2011 comic series more than meets the eye, which starts with a bunch of Autobots going on adventures in space. And when they take off, the ship gets hit by some weird quantum energy and mm-hmm. everyone thinks that that ship exploded and everyone died. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to me to be like, Oh, that series starts with a ship exploding and everyone thinks everyone on board that ship dies and the series ends with a ship taking off and seemingly exploding and everyone thinks everyone on the ship dies yeah um yeah so but yeah there's um we left out some details we left out some some other references to stuff but uh, yeah. there is the basic plot of Transformers War for Cybertron so mm-hmm. steph will you will you Even if we don't do an Atomic Monsoon episode about it, would you want to stick around for the second part of this trilogy?
1: You know, I've kind of been thinking about that um, just because, one, I don't know when it's coming out, for one thing. Yeah, right. Two, I am, like, neck deep in, like, other shows that I'm trying to watch um, and everything and trying to finish through. But that doesn't mean that I won't be done by the time that does come out. Um, But what I will say is this. Out of all, I have watched not as much Transformers as you but I have watched a decent amount, Mm -hmm. at least.
0: I mean, you've watched all the movies. I've watched all
1: the movies, yeah. Uh, At least for someone my age and my gender, I guess. Right. Um, But, uh, I mean, that doesn't mean anything, but...
0: I know what what you mean. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: What I will say is this, though, is that there is something about this series that I just can't quite put my finger on just yet. And what I, and that, that's a good thing. That's a good thing to say, okay. um, because and I think it is just because one, the animation style is very pleasing to me because I grew I watched seven seasons of Clone Wars with that beautiful animation style and a movie, mm-hmm. 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 Um, so I'm very attuned to it. I, it's a very pleasing animation style for me. Um, but aside from that, I you know I mean I am remotely curious to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. I might tune in just to be like, what happens to you guys? But at the same time, there is just this level of maturity that exists with this show that I'm like, I will give you a chance in the sense of like, I'm not going to say you're bad. I'm not going to say you're, you're great either. I'm just going to say, I will give you a chance to continue to impress me because this show impressed me. Okay. Um, okay. And I was actually looking at something here earlier today uh, and it was actually a small little thing. I didn't I didn't know this about the show and I don't know if you knew this about the show. I, I mean you probably do if you did your research and you have five pages of notes. Sure. But did you know that this show got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh
0: I did know that. Yeah. Yeah, it it got um I'm telling. Like you I don't
1: normally that. listen to Rotten Tomatoes, but if I usually see that 100% on there, I'm like, "Oh, that's good then."
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's got 100% uh from critics. Mm-hmm. Um uh I'm pulling this up right now, which is why I was a little stuttery just there. Uh it has 100% on the tomato meter it has an 86% from the audience score. Um the tomato the the critic one is is based on 13 ratings the user is based on 110 ratings. So either way like it's somewhere between 186% uh That's pretty good. between 100% and 86% not 186%. Yeah. Um <laughs> which means like that averages out to like a 94 or something mm-hmm. um which is pretty damn good it's pretty damn good mm-hmm. um i'm gonna i didn't think to do this before but let's look up some other transformers stuff on rotten tomatoes and see <laughs> see where they ranked transformers 2007 the movie 58 percent
1: yeah that sounds right uh
0: transformers revenge of the fallen the second movie 20 percent That's i
1: actually like that one more and that's said that it has such a low
0: yeah. rating transformers dark of the moon the third movie 35%. Okay. Um, Age of Extinction from 2014, 18%. Oh. Transformers The Last Night, uh, 15%. But in fairness, yeah. Transformers The Movie, the animated one from 1986 that I love, mm-hmm. also 58%. So, okay. uh, and then it looks like most of the TV shows, none of the other TV shows have scores on Rotten Tomatoes that I can look up real quick. What about quick. Bumblebee? Oh, yeah, because that's not listed as Transformers. No, it's not. Um, Bumblebee 2018 has uh, 90% from critics, 74 from audience. Okay. So, you know, also considered <laughs> one of the better Transformers things. It's true. Um, but yeah, yeah, to have a, a, a 100% rating from critics on Rotten Tomatoes for Transformers anything, it's pretty great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I am of two minds about this series. Okay. Uh I feel like the first few episodes were a little slow, but that also could have been partially because I know what all this stuff is and I don't need to be introduced to it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But the second half of it, like, or especially the last two episodes I really enjoyed and I want more of that. Yeah. The other thing, and this is not, this is not anybody's fault. This is not any of the actors fault, Um, but it bothers me that almost nobody in this except for Optimus and Starscream Sound at all like any other version of the, these characters?
1: I didn't notice that. I I will admit I did notice that um, that everyone sounded a bit different from I think versions that I have heard before.
0: Yeah, yeah. I will uh, admit and... though, it
1: did throw me off that Optimus. It wasn't the same actor who's always voiced Optimus. So I was like, whoa.
0: Yeah, who yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, Optimus Prime has pretty much been voiced by three people ever before this. Um, Mm -hmm. Peter Cullen, who did him in the original cartoon and the live-action movies. Mm -hmm. Um, Gary Chalk did a lot of the mid-to-late 90s and early 2000s Optimus Primes. And then... um, uh, Oh, what is his name? Uh, It's the epic voice guy.
1: Oh, the Uh, Honest Trailers guy.
0: Yeah, that guy. That guy also has done some Optimus Prime voices in, like, video games and stuff. Because he does a really good impression of Peter Cullen's Optimus Prime voice. So this is the first time someone... It's the first time I can think of that someone completely new has voiced Optimus Prime. First time I've experienced someone completely new voicing Optimus. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he does it, like he sounds like Optimus. It's not the same guy, but he sounds like Optimus. You yeah. know, um, Chris Lotta, the original voice of Starscream, passed away in, I think, 1994. Uh-huh. Um, so he obviously could not come back to voice Starscream. Um, but everyone that's been doing Starscream since then has done basically a Chris Lotta impression, this current voice actor included yeah megatron has had a few different voices over the years but you know this guy sounds enough like frank Welker's version of megatron kind of crossed with david k's beast Wars megatron to be like all right yeah like it's it's megatron that's cool Mm -hmm. but like nobody else sounds like other versions of those characters Mm -hmm. um and maybe maybe it's for the best maybe it's better that everyone sounds new because this is a new interpretation of transformers yeah um I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think that's bad. It just, it threw me off because I was expecting certain voice characteristics to come out and none of them did. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's fine. It just, you know, like, okay, that was a little weird. Mm-hmm. Otherwise though. Uh, yeah. I, I think it was pretty good. And I, I hope we don't have to wait a whole year for uh, Earthrise to come out. I hope that, mm-hmm. you know, that's maybe like six months away or something. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So, hey guys, if you, what did you think of this show? Please let us know on our social media. Um, you can find us at Atomic Monsoon on Twitter and Facebook, Atomic Monsoon with the underscore on Instagram, and uh, you can email us at AtomicMonsoon at gmail.com. And then you can buy some shirts and masks and phone cases and stuff at our Redbubble store and find all of our past episodes on AtomicMonsoon.com. And support our friends at Def M Records by going to defm Yep. <laughs> Do you have any uh any last uh last thoughts there, Stephanie? Uh not really,
1: no, but uh I, I'll just say I, I I enjoyed the show. It was a lot of fun. Um I am I'm excited and curious to see where it goes. Um I may not stick to it as you know, as much as you might, but you know what? I think the th- preparing for this week has taught me that uh You know, I I can be pleasantly surprised by new things coming to Netflix. So I really enjoyed it, and you all should go check it out. So,
0: there you go. All right, guys. Well, uh, have a great week and stay safe out there. Roll out.